Welcome to the Writing Renegade Podcast. We're here to help you learn how to be an indie author with advice from the best of the renegades. We cover topics like building your own author platform, getting your novel published, creating a renegade marketing plan, and beyond. Use what works for you and ignore what doesn't. That's the Renegade way. And now your host, Carl S. Plumer. So my guest today is Donna Fedor, and she is... Well, Donna, what... I'll just delete this, obviously. Okay. How would you describe yourself as a title anymore? Because I have what you have on your website, but I don't know yeah. if that's how recent that is and, and how... Because I change how I refer to myself pretty constantly as I evolve my what I call my brand. Yeah. Well, I always say, if you're, you know, really the... The, to me, the ultimate description, I, I don't know that anybody would agree with me on this, is that, you know, my bio doesn't matter. Um, but, but because we live in a world where we associate to people based on what, what is their expertise or what is their, you know, I, I look at myself and look at as a, a, a transformation and an unfolding of, like as you said, an unfolding of my human consciousness, my human awareness of who I am as a physical human being, yes. but also uh, my interrelatedness to other people and how I'm able to serve and to support and to inspire and to help. Um, because I've gone through it myself and I have watched my, the old, my own unfolding of life um, and, and I've learned a lot about the mind and a lot about the mind modalities and which which seem to be more effective or which seem to be more hype um, and, and really coming down to uh, really being able to work with people and get them to go beyond their conditioning because that's our biggest challenge is we don't know what we would be like if our conditioning were different. If we, yes. don't, we don't know what, 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 what would it be like if we didn't have our fears? What would it be like if we didn't have our uh, worries or our self-doubt. What would our life be like? We don't know. Yes. We would have to. We would have to experiment with that. So I, I think of myself as kind of like a scientist in in the regards to our human humanity. We're experimenting with our own humanity, our own experience. And the, the beautiful part is that when you really see how malleable life is, once you get your programming out of the way, oh my gosh, it's like every day is a dream. And you can't even have a problem. I mean, you could think you have a problem, but you'll just start laughing at yourself when you realize it. But it's, it's, a, it's sort of something that people have to graduate to get to that place, right? Because we kind of have to start at the basics. Like, well, what do you mean by programming? You know, well, a lot of people don't even see their programming or that it got programmed into them. So, so yeah, so I don't know that there's an official title. I think a lot of people call me a results coach. A lot of people call me a mentor. Some people call me a teacher. I don't particularly like the idea of teacher because I'm really only showing you what you can know yourself, what you have inside of you. I, I'm really just pointing. I'm a pointer, <laughs> but I'm I, a helper in a lot of ways. If you know, but but on, on a more of a like a personal level, I care more than anybody could ever know. I care because I know what it's like to be in self-doubt. I know what it's like to have fears. I know what it's like to be programmed and to blame my parents, you know? <laughs> I, know, I, know I was there, and now I'm free of that. And so it's really just almost a, a freedom, a liberation from our obsession with the world and the way we think the world operates. And I think that's the biggest problem that we all have. But it's not a problem like an unsolvable problem. It's like a Rubik's Cube. There is a way of seeing it. 
It's just a matter of how interested are you in seeing it. Most people are not really that interested. <laughs> they would rather go have a cup of coffee at Starbucks or go watch a reality TV show to escape what seems like a complex topic. It's really not that complex when you become playful about it, you know, and you start to experiment with it. It becomes like, woo, interesting. <laughs> well, I think, too, it's um, people you get not only is it you get into a, a way of thinking but you get into um it's easier to stay where you are and blame other people than mm -hmm. to make changes but also it's um like you were saying it's sort of it, it's shocking when you realize it's basically untapped potential mm -hmm. and other people have a different your view of reality is not because you're you you think it's accurate but it's most often not accurate at all and that's why I wanted to have you on because um, uh, my wife, Chris, and I, listened, we were invited to a, uh, uh, a wedding in Atlanta, Georgia, and we drove down and we grabbed all your CDs and threw them in there and we, our minds were blown on the way there and on the <laughs> way back. Just like, wow, wow, it was so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, for a lot of what you were saying just seems to be for creative people, for writers who have to pump themselves up and believe in themselves not only when no one else does, but when everyone else, the whole world seems to be shutting you down. You well, know? seems to be is the key. Seems to be. That's you just said it right there. Seems well, to be. Seems to be like, shutting us down. But yes. maybe they're not. Maybe they, maybe that's in our mind. Maybe that's in our programming that it seems the world seems a certain way. But how is the world is the bigger question. How is it that it seems to be one way? But actually, we come to find out, we see glimpses of this all the time. It's not always how we see it. It's not always how we see it. And that's why I think what you discovered with your wife when you were driving and you were listening to me, there's a, just a, a natural upliftment that happens when you're not thinking. But mm -hmm. you're sort of giving your attention to something else that has a higher energy. And you're sort of just taken along for this, you know, kind of like a nice ride in a beautiful river as opposed to like when we're doing our own thinking we're subject to our own conditioning but when we turn our thinking over to something else we sort of get catapulted into almost another reality and then as soon as we turn it off it just a few seconds later we're back into our old, old thinking because we don't realize how do you stop thinking and that's why the program you were listening to is called the rethink program because yeah. Rethinking, that's the, that's the source of the problem is our thinking. So yes. one, one way I'd love to explain it for writers, because I think, you know, if you look at things that, you know, would be typical, you know, maybe challenges that writers have, you know, certainly, like you said, there's a struggle with this kind of idea that I have to pump myself up, which is, is futile if you really look at it, because you, you know that you have to pump yourself up, but you, just knowing it doesn't actually pump you up. <laughs> if anything, it's almost the opposite. So we deal with things like self-doubt and with you know, certainly negative thinking and feel, fear of failure or sometimes fear of success is kind of right behind that fear of failure. And so then we get into this state of procrastination or this state of um, you know, escaping, basically. We're just escaping what are we escaping? Our own mind, because our mind's driving us crazy, but we think that our mind is us. And this is the part where it's not, a, it's not that easy to see what I'm talking about, because most people think their mind is us. But I, if I were to say to you, for example, 
you know, if your mind told you to cut off your left arm, you're not going to. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it. I mean, it just, it, you know, I mean, you just would probably just, you know, sort of discard that thought as like, whatever, you know, not even give it much uh, credence or, or, or consideration because it's so dumb. But to cut off ourselves, to cut off our, our, you know, our reputation with ourselves, to, in other words, to cut off our own caring about ourselves, well, that's, yeah, we do that every day. <laughs> so it's so dumb. That's the same voice that's telling us, that would be telling us to cut off our, so it's the narrative. It's mm. so great that this topic is for writers because as writers, you're sort of narrating a story and that's, yeah, that's your gift. That's your craft. But yet we don't see that when, the, when something is narrating to us and it doesn't have an identity like a physical body, it's not an entity that's narrating to us our thoughts about ourselves, or our thoughts about what to do with our day or how, what to eat or whatever. We don't really consider that, wait, there's this sort of phantom narration going on. Where is that coming from? Hmm. And that, that's what you really have to start to look at because – that's kind of the root of everything that if you didn't have that narration, if you sort of had an immunity pass to that, you would be free of it's all of it's kind of what it's pointing at because it's, it's, it doesn't have, it's basically our ego, what we call our ego, our mind, but it's a lot of it is subconscious. We don't, we don't see what's going on. So I say the number one, you know, if people feel stuck, right? Because that's kind of how people kind of generalize. They put it all under the category of I feel stuck, right? Absolutely. But, but what stuck, if you're going to get unstuck, what are you getting unstuck from? Because there's this kind of idea, well, if I was unstuck, I wouldn't be stuck. But you have to kind of go into it a little further to say, well, what are you stuck from? What's, where, what is the actual stuckness? Is it, are you, are you stuck in a, in a closet that's locked? No. (laughs) Is there really a stuckness or are we just describing something that isn't really accurately pointing to what's going on? So I say there's a number one action, a number one action that we're taking daily and we don't even realize this action. We don't even know we're doing it. And that's the cause of the stuckness and the self-doubt and the fear and the procrastination. It's the number one thing that we're doing is causing all of this. And it's so unconscious. It's like being caught in a hamster wheel, running and running and running, and not even realizing you're not getting anywhere. Why would you keep running in something if you're not getting somewhere? Well, And that's what we have to start to ask ourselves, like, Hey, and, and when I say ask ourselves, I mean playfully ask ourselves. I don't mean beat yourself up or feel bad about it. This is, this is like the human dilemma. It's not just writers. This is everybody. So when we start to see this programming issue that we have, we don't realize it's literally we're looking at a problem during all of our waking hours. We're looking right at it, and we don't see it. We why, don't see it. Speaking of programming, why is it so easy for a lot of writers, and I'll just speak for myself, mm-hmm. like it's easy for me to go, kind of the imposter syndrome, go, like who am I kidding? Or I'll never be <laughs> as good as so-and-so. Yeah. Like I'll read a novel and I'll just slam it shut and I'll go, I'll never be that good. Yeah. As opposed to, ah, here's what I want to aspire to, this much goodness. That's exactly it. You're talking exactly <laughs> about the number one action that we're doing, that's it right there. It, but what so is see, with the brain and it wants to do, it, it wants to take, like, but, it wants to bail out, like forget it. 
why is exactly. that easy? But for but for one second, hold on for a second before you try to figure out why, because why is futile. Just see if you can see what is the action that you're taking. Because there's an act that's happening that you don't see as an act. And it's, before, before I give you the answer, because okay. I want to give you the answer, but, but we have to look to at the... See, yes, exactly. It's like we're looking right through it, and we don't see it, and it's the number one thing that's affecting all of us. But here's the, the, the problem with just giving the answer. There are a lot of things in life that we could have in order. If you look in your house or your, you know, your relationships or you look in your, anywhere around your life, you could have order in any of the areas that you would call disorder. It has disorder, like your body, for example. If somebody wanted to have their body in order, right, they, that would just mean that their body looks the way, everything is the way they would like it to be. Um, and so you would know that the answer to that is certainly good nutrition and some daily exercise and, you know, refraining yeah. from things that cause disorder in the body, you know, yeah. uh, drugs, alcohol, smoking, things like that, right? Yeah. It's pretty simple. The answers are pretty clear. But you look around and see that people don't follow the, the simplicity of that, but then they get into this idea of like, well, let's sue the companies that are making food that's bad for us. <laughs> let's, you know, it's just the, 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 the fight is, again, you said it earlier so brilliantly, we're always looking to blame somebody. We're always looking yeah. for something outside of ourselves that's causing us to have this disorder. Yes. But, but we know what the order is. That's the part that we have to, we have to be honest with ourselves. We know if a lot of times what people are doing to try to have order in their life is they're trying to fix the disorder, but that's kind of futile too, because now you're trying to fix something that doesn't necessarily need to be broken. If you just put everything aside and go, what is the order that I want? In other words, you want your house to be organized. You're the one deciding that. Organize it. Nobody's stopping you. But the thing is, is like I said, the answer, having the answer doesn't necessarily get us to follow the, you know, kind of the obvious. Now, if, if you want to look at it on like a global scale, I'll show you how big the problem is that, or it's not a problem, but it's just a, a it's, it's a, it's a scenario we have to, we have to, we have to take responsibility for. If you look at human beings, you know, if there were a hundred human beings in the world and we said the only rule is just care for each other, just care for each other, make sure that the basic needs are met for these hundred human beings. Don't split up into groups. That'd be the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> That's for the beginning of wars. Mm -hmm. Just just stick together and just don't ask why. Just take care of each other. Make sure the basic needs and your basic needs are pretty simple. You know, a little bit of shelter, a little bit of food, some water oxygen, sleep. That's pretty much all a human being needs to c continue its life journey, the physical body. That's all the physical body really needs, right? There's other things that get more on the psychological level uh, later, but in terms of just you really just looking at the basic needs. But look around. There's human beings killing each other. They're not even, it's not even not just taking care of each other, they're killing each other. And that's sort of like, uh, hello, what, <laughs> what got missed, right? So you have to see, all right, and this is all kind of pointing to this, this action that we're taking that's the kind of root of all problems for writers and everyone else. And like I said, unless we're willing to fully take responsibility, when I give you the answer, the answer is just kind of like a pointer. The answer isn't all that useful. You have to go beyond the answer. You have to experiment with it like a scientist. 
And because otherwise you won't succeed because you'll, you'll keep the ridiculous actions going that are causing this problem in the first place, right? So, and that's why I was saying it's like the hamster wheel is this kind of hamster wheel that just continues. You got to get rid of the hamster wheel. And the, the way that you could look at this is, and you said it earlier, do you remember what you said earlier when, you, when I said you're, you're looking at it right there? You said, why, why is it mm-hmm. that my brain, you refer to it as your brain, my brain wants to give you these kind of, you used a couple of lines of self-doubt, like imposter syndrome, like I'm never going to yeah. be this good, or yeah. who's going to read this, right? Right. So that, that's, that was your comment that you made. And, <laughs> and this is it. The action that we're all taking is perceiving. Mm-hmm. We don't look at perceiving as an action. Perceiving, if we're perceiving, in other words, if you stopped perceiving, let's just, let's stop perceiving for a second, right? What's, what is there? If you're not perceiving, what's going on? Uh, You're unconscious. Well, no, you could be conscious and unperceiving, or you could be unconscious like when you're sleeping. If you're in a deep, deep sleep at night, you're not really perceiving anything because your mind is resting. But could you, could, your, could you not be perceiving except for what's the truth? In other words, you and I are talking. That's yes. the truth. Yeah. We are talking. Yeah. And that's just what's so. Now, if we start labeling it like, oh, it's a great talk or it was a terrible <laughs> talk or whatever, then we're, now we're perceiving. We're adding something to what's happening. Right. It's... So a writer is either writing or they're not writing. They're either writing or they're not. And the perceiving of someone's not going to like my writing or somebody's going to think this, that's all a total, colossal, ridiculous waste of energy because that, you don't know that is true. It's just a, you know, we're just basically taking the very craft that we have and we're not letting the craft come through. If, if this, a lot of times really brilliant writers... They get their mind out of the way. Yeah, then, I think um, like when when I write, there's a lot of joy there, even if the writing isn't my best. It's everything else. I think it's what might be called writer's block. It's all that anxiety. It's like I think uh, Mark Twain even said it like after he wrote every one of his novels, he was like, well, that's it. I've got nothing left. And I think a lot of writers are like, that's it. What, how could I ever do that again? Mm-hmm. And I think writer's block, a big part of it is like, if, like even if, an hour ago I had great writing is a fear that I can never do that again. I don't even want to know. I don't want to sit down again and find out that that last time I wrote really was the end. Yes. And And, that's perceiving by the way, that is all. And it's not the writing itself. Uh, I I do try to trick myself into writing, schedule (laughs) writing, everything under the sun to get my brain to the point where I'm actually writing. Cause once I'm writing, I'm fine. It's like if I was a swimmer who was afraid if I got in the pool, I'm going to drown. But every time I'm in the pool, I, I am, I'm awesome, you know, but I'm, mm-hmm. I can never find time to get to the gym and get in the pool and schedule mm-hmm. that time. And it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> right. You're perceiving your, when you're perceiving your life, you're perceiving all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like a two-year-old, a two-year-old has not yet gotten into the perception. A little bit, they start getting into it when they get language. 
Mm-hmm. But but they're still mostly just doing. They're just being themselves, and then the doing is very correlated to what they're being. So if they don't, if they're not happy about something, they're probably <laughs> screaming, right? Because there's no there's no filter that's t- advising them. You better not scream, right? Or you're going to get in trouble. That'll come in. That's part of the programming. Will come in. You start having a fear of just being, and so there's this perceiving mechanism that happens to human beings and then that's where this kind of almost like this advice this mentor in our head is just giving us really stupid ideas (laughs) (laughs) and about about what we should do with our life in other words if you like I said about the body is a good example if you want to be healthy simply be healthy don't don't listen to the mind now it's easier said than done and this is why I say if it's your life and I say to everybody, it's your life, and it's not my life. I already got this worked out, so I, I'm I'm here to. I could tell you, I have no problems. I have a total problem-free life, and it is amazing when you can get that action of perceiving out of the way. And there are certain things that you can do to practice, start practicing it, because we're so conditioned, we don't even we're oblivious to it, and the. Even if you're do one second you're doing you stop the perceiving, then two seconds later you're you fall back yeah. into it. Yeah. So you have to give yourself you have to give yourself some some uh, support in that it took a long time to get all this perceiving going, all this programming in there. It takes a little bit of willingness to number one even just to to get it right. You you can't get it intellectually because the very thing that's intellectual is the perceiving mechanism. Yeah. You don't you don't want to rely on that <laughs> to, to 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 annihilate <laughs> itself. It's not gonna it's not gonna annihilate itself. It's fear your fear of survival is its fear of survival. That's the mind. That's how the ego works. So when you look at your life, if you're complaining or you're miserable or you're frustrated or you're angry or you're devastated, any of those words, right? It seems reasonable that everybody would want to resolve this. But if you really look, and I've witnessed this with thousands of people from all over the world, all walks of life, it's the mind, the very perceiving mechanism will be like, mm, yeah, we're hungry. We'll, we'll see you later. You know, <laughs> the mind is going to get you out of this conversation because it's the only thing that is in the way of you really truly being able to be free of it. The mind is the problem and it is the block from which we suffer in so many ways, seemingly suffer. It appears to be. So we'll go watch sports or we'll go watch the news or go do something social or there's yeah. a many ways of escaping. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with any of that. Social except media. for that yeah, except for that the very thing that's that's influencing and affecting you in so many ways will just continue to will just continue. And it's almost it, for some people they get this idea of like, wow, that sounds really hard. <laughs> well, that would be the ego, right? Saying, oh, this is so hard. It's going to take forever. Can't do that. Or it sounds terribly boring. But <laughs> I promise you, you can only, like I said, you can only experience it, but it is the most freeing because it is really freedom. It's liberation. And what is it liberation from? Being consumed by thoughts, being consumed <laughs> by this perceiving mechanism. It's consuming our life. The ego doesn't have a life, so it takes over yours. Okay, so and- you have... Let's picture there's a writer listening right now who mm-hmm. is in the throes of a writer's block and self-doubt. What is their one little baby step that you would recommend them to sort of shut off that 
ego. Yeah. Like just yeah. one little thing they could do yeah. today. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great thing. So it would be to, to accept something as it is. So, because now if you accept something as it is, you're not giving any consideration for your thoughts or for you, the perceiving aspect of it. But let's say there's something in your life that is just a, um, uh, unacceptable. <laughs> it's just uh, like nobody would accept this, right? It's you're frustrated with you. Again, it could be your finances, you know, it could be for, for so many people, right? They're not happy with their finances. So you say, wow, I can see that this is just what it is. This is the way, this is what my finances are. And I can just accept that I'm looking at what is, what is my finances as it is. You're not judging it. You're not wishing it were different. You're not trying to resolve it. You're just. Well, I know with um, writers, it's it really comes down to word count. Um, like I didn't write yesterday. I didn't write the day before. But today I'm going to write. And all right. Anxiety just goes through the roof where you end up not writing because of all the reasons I gave earlier. Right. Was that a good example? Would somebody? Yeah, be like, it could be. Feeling least, bad about themselves because. Right. Well, let's do okay. it with you right now. So okay. right now, look at your word count where you might feel. You know. If you really were using the perceiving mechanism, you'd have all your reasons to judge yourself, to either feel good about it or feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah, I'm but there. Just, but just say this to your, just say this out loud right now. I see. I see. It is what it is. It is what it is. I see it is what it is. I accept it as it is. I accept it as it is. Now, right there, you've kind of cut the ego off at the knees. Because you're just really looking at the truth. Just like I said earlier, the truth is you and I are talking, but we're not adding anything to describing what the talking is. We're just talking. Hmm. And this is the thing with your word count. It is what it is. Yeah. And if you could just see it for the truth of what it is, not good or bad, just the truth, there's no perceiving. Yeah, it's just the uh, truth. That felt good. Yeah, now here's the, this, is the, this is the part about the ego where you can kind of start, start to see the, the trickiness of the ego. The ego looks to blame because if it's blaming you for being a bad person for not writing more or if it's blaming the noisy neighbors who are distracting you and not allowing you to write. Right. Or some characters, right? They're each like little thoughts. And then there's a movement of thought. In this, as you're telling the story, you're moving the thought along the storyline. And this is exactly how the ego works. It takes a thought, whatever the word count is, and then it moves a story, moves the thought into this future time where you're just going to be living under a bridge because your word count's so bad. <laughs> and it just, to, it just told you a story. And you're a writer and you're not even realizing the very <laughs> It's doing it to you and doing it to all human beings. This is, a, this is a beautiful part. The celebration of this is the compassion that we can have for each other because we're all in this together. We are all in this together. There is not, we are not smarter than each other. There's no smarter than. There's no not smarter than when it comes to this. This is it's, it's the best game in town to me. This is the best game in town that we're all on the same team, which is either we're either being, you know, caught up in the perceiving of something or we're free of it. And there's not very many free of it because it's not all that easy to see because, like I said, it's the very thing that's going to keep it's going to keep pulling the rug out from under you so that you don't get a handle on it. That's why I say 
you, you have to be interested in this more than anything because mm -hmm. when you give your undivided every fiber of your being interest mm -hmm. to it, then it's so simple. And then it's so funny. It becomes, it becomes like a cosmic joke because you start to see that, oh my gosh, I'm a writer and I couldn't even see that the mind was making me a story. All your yep. finances are a story, all your relatives are a story, all your, all your, your past is a story, all the memories, the future hmm. is a story. It's all the, and how great to, yep. to see that, wow, the very thing that's giving me writer's block is a writer of its own nature. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's excellent. And so you see, it's really beautiful. So yes, the part about being inspired, to me, what's better than to be inspired about knowing who you really are beyond this perceiving mechanism? Yep. To me, that is, that's just pure joy. And I love it, and I love to help people to see this. But it's the, like I say, it just takes, it takes something. And I always say, whether it takes you, you know, six months or six years or 60 years, it's worth it because yep. it, to be confined or jailed by this. I mean, it looks like everybody else has it easier than you, but that's all part of the storyline too. Uh, <laughs> so. I think a lot of people do think that. So yeah. um, hopefully there are listeners listening that are intrigued and of course, as intrigued as I am, mm -hmm. uh, of course they want to find out more. So how do they go about that? And yeah. where can they get in contact with you and so on? Yeah, they can. Uh, my email is Donna at DonnaFedor.com. Or they can feel free to call me. My my number is uh, 408-365-0500. Or on a website, you can go to um, either DonnaFedor.com or we have a program that we created called the 30-Day Extreme Makeover. It's kind of the idea of really just going back to kindergarten and really kind of like nice. getting, getting the truth nice. uh, in 30 days. Now, it doesn't you know, in all honesty, you go through it in 30 days, the mind is going to do everything to try to get you from doing this very simple five minute lab experiments. But you literally, in, you get 30 different experiments to prove to you exactly the mind is the problem. But the very mm. thing is the mind will stop you from doing it. So it's beautiful. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, people go, I can't believe all the reasons my mind gives me not to do these exercises or their lab, they call them lab experiments, because there is a result. If you do the experiment, there is a result, and the result is you win every time. You absolutely win. <laughs> mm. uh, so the uh, so the website to that is thirty day extreme makeover .com. It's pretty simple. All right, I'm going to go check that out. I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, it's so great. And then the beautiful part of that is we have an ongoing. Uh, it's a recorded program that so people can go through it at their own pace, and they can go through it over and over and over again. We recorded the li a live version of the program uh, a while ago, and then now we make it available for people to go through at their own pace. And then every Saturday morning, we do uh, like a, a weekly support call for everybody who's done the program who can come in and can give us their scenarios. Like, give me, give me your biggest problem, and I'll show you how it's not a problem for you. And to me, that is the best support in the world is if you really can have somebody who can unravel your problem to the point that you know you don't have a problem. Yep. And that is really great because you don't need a solution to a problem you don't have. Oh, nice. It's a beautiful. And so we do that every Saturday uh, morning uh, Pacific time. We do it at 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, which I know for some people is early. But considering what we're doing, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, there's nothing better. Sleep yeah. is 
overrated compared right. to this. <laughs> and we even have people from other parts of the world that join us. We have people from the UK or people from other, other places where they're able to join us. It may not be 6.30 a.m. their time. I think it's like 2.30 in the UK or at the time that we do it. But all the calls are recorded, too. So if you are not available for the live call, you can always go into listen to it. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's the best, I think it's the best thing in, in, that's available to help. Again, my uh, going back to what you were saying earlier, it's like you know, when you look at like, somebody's bio or you look at like, what is somebody's qualifications? Well, I can tell you I have a problem-free life. And that was not the way my life was before. So by realizing this and actually proving it to yourself over and over again, you get to the point where you realize the only way you can have a problem is through that action of perceiving. Otherwise, you just have what is. You have what's going on. And then you're not wasting your energy trying to fight the perception of something versus when you really see it, you can make a decision. I could either eat healthier or not eat healthier. That's your choice. But it's the it's the perceiving mechanism that, you know, mm -hmm. like, I, yeah, I took on a challenge one time where I didn't eat for 22 days, no food at all for 22 days. Now, the only I did it as an experiment. I don't recommend that you all do this experiment. You can if you want to, but I'm, I'm not saying it. So it's like a feather in my cap or a double <laughs> dare or something like that. But what I, I did it for an experiment. I wanted to see what would actually happen if I just drank my little green drinks and some yep. protein drinks. What would actually happen? Because I wanted to measure what, what's the perceiving mechanism? What does is, what is the mind say, right? My mind told me everything. Oh, I was going to die and I was going to not have any energy and I was going to have, there's all kinds of like fear. And then as, as a week went by and, it, and uh, two weeks went by, the mind started changing its story. And now it was just like, ah, just have a salad. Just have some tomatoes. Mm -hmm. It was just suggesting. It, it all came out of the idea that my mind just makes suggestions for me to eat chips or you right, know, right. garbage, right? And then it, the storyline changed. It got, yeah. it got suggesting of, of nicer things, but it was still... Yeah. The perceiving was still there. So it's what I tell people is you're, you're, if you're, in case your mind tells you you're going to be a zombie if you don't perceive, no, you're not going to be a zombie. The mind's still at it. It still does its thing. But you're not basing your life on it anymore. Now you see, ah, that's just, that's not the truth. That's just what the mind would call reality. The truth is what's actually beyond that. And that's why I say that exercise I gave you earlier just getting in the habit of saying, I see this, I can see this. Now, if you can see it, that's not the mind. If you're really just looking at something, that's not that you've taken the mind out of the picture. I can see it as it is, and I can accept it as it is. And then the willingness to just stay there. Remember I said earlier, there's a movement of thought. That's how the mind makes the stories. It mm -hmm. takes a thought and it moves it forward. Mm -hmm. There's, you've, you've sort of relinquished the, the movement. You've stopped the thought from moving. You've mm -hmm. just literally said, this is what it is. Yep. No, not adding anything to it. And immediately... Be here now. That's it. But it's the funny thing is you don't realize how much energy you save. <laughs> because all of our energy is in the perceiving uh, and the trying to resolve what the mind's telling you is a problem. And it's what I would call the insanity of humanity, you know? Nice. Or just, this is what's going on. So... Yeah, I encourage everybody, do the 30-day extreme makeover. You'll love it. And 
Oh, what it's just the idea of a of a problem free life is is such an invitation. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for. I know you're very busy. Even if you're problem free, it doesn't make you uh, not. You know, nothing's going on. You're probably busier than you ever been. Um, and I want to really thank you for sharing your insights. And highly recommend to anyone and everyone listening to look you up and try some of your courses because. They're wonderful, and I'm going to go check out this. I did not know you had a new 30-day challenge. I'm going to go investigate, and yeah. I know I will sign up. 30-day Extreme Makeover is the the, the website, and the, we do have a 30-day challenge, which is part of the Rethink Job Search program, which is the that's the name of that program is the Rethink Job Search oh. program. So just to distinguish the yes. two, one, yes, I'm glad one's called a 30-day challenge, and one's called a 30-day 30, 30 Extreme Makeover. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the No BS Writing Advice Podcast. Visit thewritingrenegade.com for more free writing tools. Carl teaches at udemy.com. Head over and take his courses today. You can listen to more episodes on iTunes and thewritingrenegade.com. The